0: By the way, did you know? If you displace a Miss Pennsylvania candidate's scholarship, you're in trouble. So
1: welcome back to By the Way, Did You Know? And I know we've been off for a few weeks with uh, the summer break, but we have an issue that I think most folks are going to start thinking about, or at least as we start to head back into school, and that this week's topic is scholarship displacement. And with me today I have Ralph Zerpe. He is from the Adams County Community Foundation, right where I'm from, and uh, an advocate, and really who brought this piece of legislation to our attention. So, Ralph, thanks for joining
0: me. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. So what is scholarship
1: displacement?
0: Well, scholarship displacement is the practice of when a college or university will reduce their financial aid award to a student, either in whole or in part, when the student brings a private scholarship along with them. For instance, when a student's uh, accepted to a school and they receive, say the school is $30,000 a year, and they'll get a $15,000 financial aid package. And that student and their family thinks, great, we're gonna have to go out and get $15,000. And say that student goes out and gets $5,000 in scholarships, either from their local community foundation, from Rotary, from a a service organization. And now uh, they think, and their family thinks, they have a $10,000 balance. But when that scholarship goes to the school, the school will reduce their financial aid package from 15,000 down to 10. There's no net change in what the student and their family has to come up with. And we think that's wrong. And we think that's wrong on a number of issues.
1: And I think it's wrong too. And that's why, you know, this is kind of an interesting topic because Ralph approached me and, and Representative Dan Mao. Uh, probably about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, on this issue. And Dan and I worked on a piece of legislation that we introduced to address this problem because we thought this was wrong, and a lot of other people thought this was wrong. Uh, this is one of those that I think people didn't realize was happening. I think families didn't realize this was, ha- was happening, and people like Ralph, who are experts in the field, presented this issue to us, and now it's become law here through the last budget cycle. So. Ralph, like how, how does the, how did this come to be, you know, from your perspective? why why did this start happening?
0: Well, the Adams County Community Foundation supports local philanthropy. We help people in our community who want to be generous to give back, and we do that by creating charitable funds. And sometimes those charitable funds will support one particular organization. Sometimes they'll support the community at large, sometimes an area of interest, like the arts or education. Many times, donors come because they want to create a scholarship. And they create scholarships because they want to close the gap between what it costs and what they have. They want to close that gap and, and eliminate that need. And in that process, at the same time, students are completing a financial aid form telling the school how, mon- how many assets and resources they have available. And through that financial aid form, there is calculated an estimated financial need and an estimated family contribution. So those two numbers and in particular the calculated financial need that's what colleges use to award their financial aid or at least that's what I'm told. On the scholarship provider side we look at both the calculated financial need and the estimated family contribution. Both of those things together that's still the number that students have to come up with. And so when we were awarding scholarships, we learned very late in the game, we award scholarships in May, and we send those scholarship awards to the schools in July. And then in August, when students go to school, they learn that the private scholarships they received from the Community Foundation, from Rotary, and for those private scholarships have either been reduced in whole or in part uh, by the school, thereby eliminating that really the donor intent of closing the gap between what a student and their family has and how much it costs to go to school. And that's why we came to you, because we thought we're pushing at the Community Foundation about $200,000 a year out in scholarships. And the first year we looked at this closely, we discovered that about 80% of our scholarships were being displaced. So there was no student benefit there.
1: And that's just crazy to me. I mean, from someone who paid his way through college is still paying his way through college, technically speaking. Uh, My family, you know, relied upon these kinds of scholarships. And there's many families. And and the cost of uh, post-secondary education is is astronomical right now. And and for these schools to then... uh, Really penalize these students and families who went out and did extra work and got extra scholarships to close that gap, and then say, you know, uh, we're going to reduce your your scholarship from our university because you got all
0: the you did all this extra work. It's just it's just crazy. I do think it's also disingenuous in that colleges and universities often refer to this as an over award, and they make it sound like students are going to get cash back after they pay their invoice, and that's not true they're not receiving money. What the school's calculation does not take into effect is that estimated family contribution, which is an arbitrary number just to begin with, if we're being honest. Sure. So uh, again, what what we're saying is the community foundation, its scholarship donors want to stand on the side of students and parents. That's where we want our money to be part of the calculation. And I understand that college and universities have to do the same thing that airlines do. You oversell your seats to fly a full plane and you oversell your financial aid or you could in order to expend all of it with an incoming freshman class, I get it. But my donor is interested in sending a student from Gettysburg, Biglerville, Hanover, um, to a particular school to study a certain thing. They're not interested in giving a college money for them to then reapply that money to someone else because the school doesn't send that money back, Torrin. Right. They use it for someone else. Correct. And we just don't spend five months being really focused on making good decisions on scholarships for the college to decide at the last minute that someone else should get that money.
1: Yeah, and there's, and there's stuff that's, uh, you know, there's some safeguards in, in the legislation itself that's now a law that says if, in fact, the student does exceed the, the, the total financial or the total cost of education, that that money has to go back, or if they become an athlete, student athlete, and other things kick in, uh, that some of that money then doesn't have to be, can be sent back to the organizations. But for those kids that actually need this money,
0: this is what this bill and, and now law is, is set to protect. And I have been told by college presidents and financial aid uh, officers across the country, don't worry, we're still using this money for scholarships. So it's being used to uh, provide opportunity to students. And I say, that's wonderful. But my donors and my students, my scholars, are the ones who directed that money for a particular use. At the Community Foundation, we take our promise to donors seriously we tell them that we will do exactly as they intend with their charitable dollars when we learned that that wasn't happening it was disingenuous to keep going and and going through the charade of having students apply and then not having them benefit it was wrong to our donors and so we had to come forward it was wrong to those students. and We had to come forward. And it made a lot of parents very angry. And I've, I have to say the flip side to this is really encouraging. There are some very smart young people in our community who understand this is happening, who knew to ask their colleges right up front, will you displace my private scholarships or will you stack them? And as we mentioned before that um, the legislation includes language that doesn't allow for students actually to get money back. They can't get cash back through this legislation. But you know what they can do? They can ask their school to apply that scholarship to the next semester or the next year. And for four years, we've been doing this manual process of asking schools to apply it to a future semester, reduce work study, reduce grants or loans that they, I mean, uh, reduce loans that they expect parents to, uh, to take. We've been going through this manual process and in the end saying, if you can't do that, send the money back to us. And I think having that stick of having to return money has helped our scholarships. But Other organizations, as I said, the Rotaries, service clubs, education foundations, they're not built to have that interaction with financial aid offices. And who are we talking about here? We're talking about students who are either, um, who's getting financial aid packages? Low income students, first time, first generation students. They don't always have people around them that have gone down this path before. Which is not to say even seasoned parents and second third and fourth generation college students know to ask about this because this is a new thing
1: yeah and look i was a first generation college student in my in my family and my parents sure as heck didn't know you know they barely knew how to fill out a fafsa let alone you know what questions to ask so uh, you know how how do parents in that situation or families in that situation, where do they get more information about those kinds of things? Well,
0: absolutely, they have to, um, they should pick up the phone and have a conversation with the financial aid office of any college they're either, their student is attending or thinking about attending. I know families that now make decisions based on whether or not private scholarships are going to be displaced. Now, one thing that's happened uh, with Pennsylvania being the fourth state to ban a scholarship displacement at public colleges and universities. We followed Maryland, New Jersey and Washington State. Now think about it. if you're Delaware or New York, you are now surrounded by Delaware in particular surrounded by three states that don't displace so now there's competition for their best students.
1: Yeah, and, and look, it's great that Pennsylvania could be for, for a change of leader in something and, and be on the front lines of, of changing this process. And I know in our conversations, this isn't just one or two schools.
0: This is pretty pervasive. It, it is, it, and it's not just private, uh, public colleges, universities. It's private colleges, universities. And I say with private universities, let the buyer beware. They're not obligated to put how much tuition and fees are on their website. It's always a moving number uh, and you pay for what you can negotiate there. That's just the bottom line. But tuition and fees have grown substantially over the last decade and maybe a few years ago we had uh, according to Scholarship America about 40 schools in Pennsylvania did not displace and as the years have gone by and as The cost to maintain a college campus has increased. The number of schools that displace are just getting more and more. And I think last year, there were just four schools in Pennsylvania that publicly said we will not displace private scholarships for any student coming to us. So why this legislation? Maryland passed this bill in 2017. New Jersey passed this bill in 2021. I am tired of exporting students. I'm tired of exporting Pennsylvania's high school students to other states. And here was a reason why the smart ones, the astute ones were saying, I can get a bigger bang for my buck somewhere else. Our public colleges and universities are hurting for students. They need to be competitive. This makes them competitive. I think what's next for us is to look at private colleges and universities in Pennsylvania and demand that they follow the lead of of public colleges and universities and commit to not displacing private scholarships. I think it's wrong for the students, it's wrong for donors, and it's not good for the state. You know, we have a problem with exporting young folks in Pennsylvania and we can't
1: keep them here in Pennsylvania if they go to college somewhere else for sure. We already have a, you know, a challenge of getting people back home, let alone them starting college somewhere else too. So I, I think this bill, and now law I should say, is is a step in the right direction to bring Pennsylvania economic dominance back. And you know this, this, this bill that is now a law is a success story in, in how things work in, in the legislature where a constituent brings an issue to us that we then introduce as a co-sponsor memo that gets then introduced as a bill and runs through the process and this one pretty quickly it you know all things considered you know there's there's pieces of legislation that sit out there for years before they they move this in fact moved the first session it was introduced and got a unanimous vote. All 254 people, including the governor, agreed that this was a good issue to advance. So clearly we hit hit a nerve with
0: something here. We did. And the good news is that this legislation is effective immediately. And in fact, just days after the bill passed and was signed into law by the governor, we received a phone call from a student at Indiana University of Pennsylvania. They had received a financial aid package. They've also received private scholarships, and on the first round or his first bill, those scholarships were displaced. He found out that the bill passed and contacted Indiana University of Pennsylvania. His financial aid was reinstated, and they stacked his private scholarships on top of his financial aid just four days after this legislation passed. So our job now is to get this information out to students across the Commonwealth to make sure that they're smart when they look at their bills, to make sure that their scholarships are not displaced. Our partners in this, the the scholarship providers across the state, including members of the Pennsylvania Community Foundation Association, 38 community foundations, the Poise Foundation out of Pittsburgh, the Philadelphia College Prep Roundtable, and our secret weapon, the Miss Pennsylvania Scholarship Foundation. I think it's really difficult for an elected official uh, to have a meeting with an accomplished, smart, young woman in graduate school, which is what the Miss Pennsylvania Scholarship Foundation is all about. They're medical students, business students, communications, public health students. And they're in Miss Pennsylvania in order to get that scholarship money. If you displace a Miss Pennsylvania candidate's scholarship, you're in trouble. (laughs) So, we knew this was a statewide issue because we were hearing about it statewide. That the national research and Pennsylvania's own legislative research came back and said between 50 and 80 percent of all scholarships were displaced. I think its success was because so many people had a personal experience with this. I have to tell you, every elected official, everyone we talked to, If they stopped and thought for 30 seconds, said, oh, this happened to me, this happened to my child, and donors, they wanted something done about it. So uh, when it comes to issues around philanthropy and giving, that's where the Community Foundation steps forward.
1: So Rob, before we get going here today, I want you know this is an opportunity to to bolster the Adams County Community Foundation. Tell me about what you do and and what what happens at the foundation.
0: Yeah, the Community Foundation is a, it's a great organization that exists to grow a permanent charitable endowment for Adams County. We are a public charity. We are run by private citizens. We're not connected to government. We're not connected to any one organization, and we raise money to take care of Adams County forever. And some charitable funds that are created by our donors can support individual organizations that they think are too important to fail by creating endowments for them. We are an endowment-based philanthropy. And then some folks love our community so much that they give to a permanent endowment that makes grants each year to support whatever is the pressing issue of the day. Right now, the Community Foundation is hyper-focused on affordable housing, on regional transportation, and economic and workforce development. We wanna find ways to get people from where they live to where they work and to their jobs. We want to make Adams County welcoming to economic development, and, and there are ways that we can do that. We partner with government, we partner with other nonprofit organizations, and we make key strategic grants to make things happen. I wish it was more. Sometimes I feel like we're using uh, like duct tape and uh, three-in-one oil to make things happen, but <laughs> you know, it's all about connections. We have about 250 charitable funds that support everything from higher education to individual organizations and the needs of the day. So it's a great organization. You can find us at adamscountycf.org. We're also home to the Adams County Community Foundation Giving Spree, which last year became the largest per capita give day in the country. That's right. Adams County, Pennsylvania, largest in the country giving. Imagine that. Yeah, Yeah. they're exceedingly generous, and people get excited about it. And um, so that's what your community foundation is doing in Adams County.
1: Well, Ralph, thanks for joining me. Thanks for bringing this issue. Thanks for standing up for students and families uh, in Pennsylvania. And I really appreciate your opportunity to, to be on the podcast my
0: pleasure thank you so much
1: this has been by the way did you know tune in for all of my podcasts at rebecker.com slash my podcasts.